Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their multicultural mess and secular scam. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really uh, happy that you have uh, joined me for another episode. I'm really honored by your presence. Um, and uh, I'm grateful to have this, be able to have this conversation with you every single day. So thank you once again. Um, you make me feel very, very precious and privileged that you take the time to listen to my podcast. So uh, we are going to do a podcast today on something different because we've talked about many subjects and a uh, little hard on, on, the, uh, on the mind, I have to say. Um, but we just celebrated the world yoga day and i didn't do anything for it because uh, i was in the middle of a of a podcast uh of a series and so that's why i'm going to do today i'm gonna you know be a little late but belated and i am going to do the podcast on yoga today i'm going to show you another side of yoga um growing up my mother absolutely loved it uh and forced my father to do it but I was never into it and I never really understood it I thought it was just exercises but uh, I did a little research on it and we're going to talk about yoga today okay so in November of 2015 a free yoga class for handicapped people was cancelled at the University of Ottawa for cultural sensitivity here's the real reason it concerned the concept it concerns the concept of yoga that was taken from India, a culture that has experienced oppression, cultural genocide, and due to colonialism and Western supremacy, according to the group that once sponsored it. I did not know whether to laugh or to cry. Throwing up is, was all I cared to do at that point. In, then in December 2017, I came to another article on the website Praxis. Okay, there was a website called Praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S, Praxis Center. Um, and the title was Yoga and the Roots of Cultural Appropriation, co-authored by an Indian American and a Jewish woman. I won't mention their names over here, okay? Uh, the theme of the article was to decolonize yoga. I sat there in total shock reading the article on my smartphone. I did not budge for at least 10 minutes. I did not know whether to look and what to say. The only comment that came to my mind was, beep, beep, beep. I can't say it right here, so I'm going to let it go. And I'm talking of the article in question, the woman who wrote the article and the website who published it. Believe me, I felt like a beep, beep, beep myself for having attracted this negative article with such negative energy while being unfortunate enough to read it. Throwing up is all I could feel like doing. That's a lot of throwing up for yoga. How did we get to this stage, I asked myself. Why am I attracting this negative energy? Are we that depressed, that lacking confidence in a group of people that we've come to this? To accuse other people of being racist, having white privilege and being white supremacists if they do yoga and do not do it the right way is, is, is literally below the belt. Next, I said, what? What next? Yoga phobia? 
My good heavens, help us because we know not what we do. To begin with, the Indian American who wrote this article has done her MTS from Harvard University and her PhD from the University of Florida. She teaches at Michigan State University. Now I want to drop even more. My sincere apologies to her students. The other women who authored the article, well, I could not even be remotely bothered about her because she's not Indian. And so I was more concerned about the exaggeration and the uh, throwing up uh, and, and the insult by the Indian American. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to go into the details of who she was, but I'm just going to say that the article was published. Anyway... This was in 2017. According to the ladies who wrote this article, to give you a gist of what they said, the roots of yoga could be traced to South Asia, a space colonized by the British and the Portuguese. Yes, these were the ever so brilliant and intellectual women conveniently forgot about the Central Asian Hun Huns, the Arabs, the Turks, the Afghans, the Mughals, before the Europeans, all of whom slowly destroyed our Vedic heritage when they colonized our lands. How convenient it is to forget this t very tiny part of history which went on for 1700 years. They must be really scared of the rot of the Islamic mafia of this planet uh, that would be trust on them. Then these women state that the reason that yoga went to the West is tied up to colonialism. Yoga today, like other forms of colonized systems of practice and knowledge, its popularity today to a larger cultural appropriation or misappropriation of yoga. It's apparent, apparently is part of systemic racism. The article talks about the U.S. white dominant culture, the foundation of which is rooted in Western African and settler colonialism, whiteness and privileges. Uh, I didn't know where to look when I read this article. I just wanted to throw up. The article talks about the goals of white supremacy is, a, is to buffer white people from the pain that comes from exchanging cultural, cultural grounding for unearned power, causing caution, throwing up again. Apparently, this complex of social political reality of the USA is key to understanding how cultural void of white society is in intimately mixed with white supremacy, capitalism, globalization, and it is within these oppressive structures that cultural appropriation and yoga industrial complex flourishes. In order to uphold the foundation on ongoing functioning on the ongoing functioning of white supremacist and racial capitalism white people are thought to be historical and culturally repressed apparently according to the authors in order to maintain the status quo white people are thought to sub um, sublimate and antisize and have an nest Anticise feelings, okay? Sorry about that. To feel grief or sorrow is countercultural in this country. Dominant culture teaches white people and people of color to numb through materialism, uh, consumerism, entertainment, prescription, hard drugs, and alcohol. Most white people are not taught to examine the uncomfortable realities of racism. The cycle of repression, repression, and cons consumption continues. Caution, throwing up again. Few white people make the connection between their love for yoga and the design the ability to access traditions from, from, drum roll please, historically oppressed communities of color. This modern day trend of cultural appropriation of yoga is a continuation of white 
supremacy and colonization. Maintaining the pattern of white people consuming the stuff of culture that is convenient and portable while ignoring the well-being and liberation of Indian people. Gosh, these ladies must have had a not have their doze in a very long time, I said. Uncle James and his dire peaches must become uh, statics. Uh, I think I'm going to stop because I was ashamed to read any more of that article. It was an insult. For those who want to read the article, you can go to kzoo.edu slash praxis slash yoga. Um, keep a vomiting bag next to you. It's pathetic. Um, if anyone is doing yoga and pointing the fingers to others at the same time, you have not understood anything about yoga. So don't even bring yourself and yoga into the same sentence because it's insulting to write articles like this. Um, as a quick note, no one apologized for this article. No Asian or leftist victimhood person. Uh, never it never came up on the mainstream media radio. However, in December of 2018, a very famous Bollywood actress, Priyanka Chopra, got married to an American singer, Nick Jonas. Her wedding pictures and stories got published in People's Magazine. There were many subsequent articles published with one, with one specifically by The Cut. I did not read the article. However, one comment made the news. It was below the belt and not called for. I'm sure Priyanka and her husband are fine people. She has more than earned her bread and place in society. Of course, the racist xenophobic tirade started pretty quickly, which I did not agree with um, either. But everyone has the right to their opinion. No questions asked. A comment is an expression of your energy, and everyone has the right to freedom of expression. A comment is negative or positive. Um, yes, a, a comment is negative or positive, not racist. It is ridiculous. It in in it was a ridiculous article. However, calling it racist gave it legitimacy. Here is the other side of the story that no one talks about. In India, too, Priyanka Chopra would have got much heat from our society. For starters, there are less girls in India, which is due to the wide-scale female infanticide practiced for decades since the 70s. On top of which, when our women leave to marry foreigners, then it's a shame on society and reduces the chances that men are left behind, uh, reduces the chances of men left behind. Plus, we are brainwashed to hate white people, the West and Western ideas. The West is considered a sin and America is considered a bad word. So Priyanka would have received real heat from her own society, which was not talked about in the Western press. Just one question though, where was that racist xenophobic attack when we, we the so-called dark-skinned people of the world, choose to spit on others? or keeping quite on our own society um, and choose and our and our ills of our modern of our societies that we keep quiet upon. Well if we keep quiet we acknowledge the act and when the cycle turns it gives someone else the chance to do the same. This is called karma. So let me begin by apologizing for the dis, dis, the, uh, the previous two disgusting uh, articles. The dyslectic and disgusting, as I like to say. Even if I did not write it, the article was co-written by someone of Indian origin, which is outrageous and insulting to shame our Vedic ancestors. As a person of Indian origin, I am humiliated and ashamed to have even read the article. Um, let's start by saying that every time you point the finger at someone... You, 
you are showing me a mirror image of who you are. Now imagine the contents of this article above, and everything is a mirror image of what you will find in the Indian subcontinent on another continent of Asia. This is a perfect example of our lives for thousands of years before the British came. This article is a perfect example of, of who we were and who we will, we will be in a billion years if we keep playing the systemic Vedic victim card. Somewhere in some ancient book, we explain this phenomenon as karma. Every action is an equal reaction to an action that has already happened. Karma is a duality and starts with you. It's your currents that form the waves. If the women who wrote this article think this way about Western societies and historically oppressed communities of color, I am sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but we Asians have been racist supremacist bums for a very long time, way before any white people came to our lands. We have been oppressing our own people for a longer time, even before the so-called Europeans came along. I hate to use the word brown and white, but for this purpose, for the purpose of this chapter, I will. Um, so we Asians or South Asians, we have forgotten why we started this oppression. We also have no idea how to start to stop it. We have become so pathetic that we are in denial. Thus, we find it most soothing to our conscience to point fingers at others to justify our failures. Uh, in reality, these women who wrote this article have no ideas of the traditions and cultures nor the roots of yoga. In reality, they have no idea of what yoga is at all. They mention in the article that yoga belongs to South Asian women, which could not be further from the truth. This ignorance is outstanding. If they really knew what yoga was, they would know about looking inward and not pointing the finger at anyone else in the West. Yoga, my friends, is about introspection. It is, so it is not ironic. So is it not ironic that these ladies want to practice the true yoga but not start with themselves? Let me say blatantly. 99% of people of India and the Indian subcontinent as a whole have no idea what yoga is. Hence, on what grounds do we expect the rest of the world to know? So let me explain yoga to you and to the self-appointed but fake guardians of yoga, the victimhood are women who wrote this article. So yoga is a larger umbrella term which includes philosophies and physical disciplines. Uh, it is about empowering oneself with knowledge. Yoga is by no means religious, nor is it Hindu. It is an ancient science. It comes from the word yuga, Y-U-J, to unite to join. In the broader sense, it means to combine with the supreme creator or the, or the cosmos. In other words, the physical and the metaphysical duality, which is the science behind our existence. Yoga is about understanding the duality of the cosmos. It is basically the wave particle theory of quantum physics. The wave in Sanskrit called conscience or inanimate purusha, purusha uh, and the particle, which is the physical or the animate, called prakriti. So the purusha and the prakriti. Thus the physical and the metaphysical. So the human being is an evolution or photosynthesis of this wave-particle duality. When there is a disconnect between the sequence of life, that is the wave-particle duality, uh, this creates an electromagnetic 
imbalance and turbulence and conflict. The method of reconnection of these dots is uh, in the sequence, in its sequence, is called yoga. Once the reconnection is complete, the liberation from the cycle is called moksha. The philosophy of yoga is part of one of six schools of dharmic learning called samkhya. It's also followed in Buddhism and Jainism. To understand better, the concept of yoga comes from the Vedas, meaning it's science. The Vedas mean knowledge, the knowledge of the science that is electromagnetism and astronomy. That is the science behind the human being. The duality of the electromagnetic wave, thus the duality of everything that forms our universe, the photosynthesis of that energy field which formed our mass, and the metamorphosis of that mass into life forms and the human race. The journey that is who we are today. In simple words, it is this journey of introspection. Understanding the currents that form our waves. Yoga begins with three types. Ganya Yoga, the yoga of knowledge, where one acquires the science of electromagnetism and the universal uh, language of astronomy. Um, the knowledge of the currents that form our waves and our duality, that is the waves and the particles, our history and our perfect sequence. The knowledge which will eventually lead to dialogue, to debate and introspection. Ganya uh, or Gyan Yoga. In Sanskrit means knowledge. Empowering yourself with knowledge by reading is a form of yoga. To read is the basic, the most important first step in the journey of yoga. So you, if you do yoga without having knowledge, without knowing your sequence, without uh, understanding the currents that form your ways, the duality, it means nothing. Okay, and that's why we're having this conversation here today to to transfer the gyan. So anytime you read, anytime you uh, listen, um, gain the knowledge, you're practicing yoga. Right now, we're practicing a form of yoga. Yoga, bhakti yoga means chanting or devotion to hymns or mantras that are sung at a particular rhythm and a meter. A balance to balance the electromagnetic field that drives our human body. Again, it is not religious. Chanting and mantras is about externalizing any excessive energy in your body and balancing your kinetic energy. A balance which would lead to pure flowing cymatic frequencies. Now understand bhakti means uh, devotion through hymns. Basically it's chanting. Okay, In the olden days you see these monks, you see who uh, uh, the pundits, they're chanting. What they're doing is externalizing the excessive energy. Okay, because we have energy fields, uh, negative, positive, and we're going around in cycles. And you always have to offload energy. Okay, so you have to externalize. And the best way to externalize is through chanting, through singing. So that's why you see people who sing, uh, many people sing, and it's very, very healing. People who listen to others singing, very healing because we're externalizing our energy. We're externalizing excessive energy that we have trapped inside us. And we're balancing the waves and the, uh, and the, and the particles in our body. So that's called, in the ancient terms, bhakti yoga. Now we also have karma yoga, which is a yoga of selfless action that is to engage in selfless act 
That is thus to engage in selfless action, which will come about automatically once our electromagnetic field is in sequence. It is about letting your energy flow effortlessly. This will produce a sublime and balanced action. In other words, trickle-down economics. All of it without caring about the fruits of your effort, since you cannot control the currents nor the waves they form. The effortless flow of electromagnetic sequence and frequency will produce an effortless, selfless and pure action, karma. You also have Hatha Yoga, physical exercises to master the mind and body, that which is practiced everywhere in the West, especially on the Indian subcontinent. Since 99% of the people on the subcontinent have no idea what yoga means, especially the oh-so-intelligent and scholarly writers of the original article quoted in the beginning of this chapter. Now you also have Laya Yoga, Raja Yoga or Ashtanga Yoga. Um, and the many other forms of yoga, too, uh, too many to note in this chapter. So let's make a long story short. Without the first four forms of yoga, we cannot have the other forms. So it's not going to work. So it's important you understand Ganya Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga, Hatha Yoga. Okay, is important. That's the first four forms. Historically, the concept of yoga belongs to the Vedas and the Vedic civilization which we believe go back through the Ice Age and beyond. There, are, there was a time we believed in India that the whole world spoke Sanskrit and knew about science. I cannot confirm this part of history, but I will leave it to the listeners to join the dots. Um, what tools their civilizations used to manifest the same would be native to their particular region. Definitely, as mentioned before, we know for sure that the Vedic belt existed all along the uh, equator, from Mauritania to, Indo to the Indonesian archipelago islands and beyond. So this region would have had the knowledge of Sanskrit and the Vedic sciences along with the tools and concepts. Today most are forgotten but forms of yoga are still practice all over this region. They even practice yoga in Pakistan. In India, physical yoga is practiced by people from all walks of lives, religions, cultures, including uh, peoples of different backgrounds and faiths. Some establishments are not so fine with their congregations practicing yoga, though. It reminds me of some Christian denominations in the USA saying that yoga was unchristian. Let me continue on this topic by adding that millions of Indians practice yoga, Christians, Muslims, Sikhs, Jews, Hindus, people of all creeds, in communities, whether they do it the right way by understanding the science is a whole nother yoga story. My own immediate family, uh, my folks, many people from my community gladly practice yoga. Yoga is taught everywhere. However, you will always have some pathetic theology in creating a divide. Like one Syrio-Malabar Catholic church from South India who created an outcry saying that yoga was against Catholic principles. To think that 2,000 years ago, our Indian ancestors gave their Christian ancestors a safe haven. Today, they dare to spit in our no on their heritage. I, I guess they have not lost their Bedouin ignorance after all. Again, to be emphatic, yoga is not a religious practice in any shape or form, nor spiritual. It's all about the science behind who you are. Joining and empowering your mind and body while balancing your electromagnetic field. So why do the writers blame the West and say that uh, we need to decolonize yoga? According to the interpretation, modern yoga has links to colonialism 
Ouch. Every kingdom colonizes another. The gurus and mystics went to the West to show our Indian culture to Westerners and prove to them that our culture was based on knowledge and science. Caution throwing up. Uh, modern Western yoga is linked to racial capitalism. Yikes. In other words, they are saying that yoga is modern money-making machine in the West and has no scientific basis whatsoever. Wow, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. Indians and people of the subcontinent are known to be eccentric businessmen. Our life is based on making money, buying and selling. Even we give our children in marriage to thugs twice their age to maintain business relationships and secure financial contracts. So if you find the South Asians on Jupiter, they will be selling t-shirts and uh, three for the price of two. Business is our only reason for existence. Wherever you go, we try to put our foot in the door to buy and sell our produce. Undercutting the opposition while stepping on anyone to do so is called is our calling card. If you go back to the the history of the subcontinent, we have fletching capitalists for ten thousand years or even more. Why do you think the Silk Road passed our lands? Our ancient name was Swarnabhumi. Swarna means gold in Sanskrit, and Bhumi means land. So the land of gold. How did we become this land of gold? Capitalism. We have been a historical capitalist since time immemorial. We loved every moment of it since we were minting money. The moment we lost the science behind the capitalism, uh, the money slowly went away. We started fighting. We formed alliances with invaders to scramble for what was left and lost. Even before the Europeans came, we had lo long lost our knowledge of science and our purchasing power. Our science had become nothing more than meaningless material culture that could be bought and sold at a price. Besides, the vast masses of the Indian subcontinent did not have the money that we that were not what that were not imparted with knowledge nor education. Knowledge and thus the practices of yoga through material uh, were only for the upper classes. We have torpedoed our dignity out of this universe into a million pieces, each of us fighting for existence in the garbage bin that the subcontinent has become, even today. Taking our knowledge to European shows was a lucrative practice that would fill the void, the void which the now poor citizens of the subcontinent could not fulfill for our crony feudal establishment and theologians who ruled our lands. By selling uh, to the West their mystical parable, they ensured themselves a fledging market, stuck their foot in the door and became lucrative and, fledging, and a fledging partner in capitalism. If they really cared, our sages and gurus would have taught the West the real science of yoga. However, they did not know the science of yoga themselves, nor had they any real attention, intention to selling it even to their own people. God help them if they did. Any congregation back home would be able to connect the dots and start introspecting, but shit would have hit the ceiling really fast. Now, would they want this? Remember, behind every crony religious and spiritual cultural move, is there is a business decision anywhere in the world, and especially in Asia. Religions and cultures are scams to 
to camouflage business empires. The religions and cultural establishment mint big money from the divide, but fake cultural traditions. It is not different from halal food scam that we see nowadays. So why are the Islamic mullahs pushing down their congregations to heat halal meat? Well, every time you buy halal food, it's blessed by the theologians. They get a percentage or fixed amount uh, per pound of meat or food produce they bless uh, if there has nothing, if it really has nothing to do with God. Believe me, it is the same with yoga. We have been selling it to the West and to fellow Indians for centuries without giving any thought to the science behind yoga. That our sequence, that our gurus and theologians make most of the money out of it. Uh, they could have easily corrected it if they wished to or given you the right knowledge. But our theologians have no idea what they're talking about. If they did, the subcontinent would not be a mess today. But we have to camouflage our errors and pretend to be historically persecuted peoples of color. Uh, so we point the fingers at others to justify our transgressions, oppression, and all you know, self-contain us, ourselves to be crony victims. We call this multiculturalism, I call it a scam. That's what our lives have become listening to these people. We have been scammed by our own people before scamming the world. Even if our gurus taught the right science to the foreigners, would a person who have no understanding of the vast Indian philosophies, uh, Indian Vedic philosophies interpret the same in a similar manner as a local from India leave alone no two white people even if they are from the same home for, or from India itself would interpret the ideology in a similar way however we want foreigners to in interpret our knowledge without even presenting it to them correctly we want them to do the hard work while we cry victimhood who are the losers here? And then we call them racist and say they are colonizing yo yoga. Whoa. I guess we are racist too because we have colonized burgers and french fries. If you go to the east, you will not get burgers like you get in America. We, are, we make burgers differently. So I guess we have now colonized burgers. If you come to India and go to McDonald's, you will not get a beef burger because the cow is sacred. So I guess, you, I guess we have colonized McDonald's. You do not get pizzas in India like you get in Italy. We have chicken masala pizzas in India. And I'm sure that chicken masala is not Italian. So now we've colonized pizzas. Where does the garbage stop? I guess the Americans and the Italians have the right to say that we have pizza phobia or burger phobia. May I ask if brown people have a phobia for being ignorant bunch of a beep 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 while pointing the fingers to others to justify our failures? Maybe there's a phobia for that too. For those people who are culturally sensitive to anything and everything that happens on this planet, stay at home and practice your warped culture. No one's interested in you. Uh, in April of 2017, a newly elected chief minister of India's most popular state, Uttar Pradesh, said in his first formal speech at a local yoga festival that the principles of yoga and South Asian Islamic prayer style namaz are very similar. The word yoga, as mentioned earlier, comes from the word to join, and he wanted to elaborate on the greater concept of unity between Hindus and Muslims, the similarities 
which we share in our customs. However, typical to the Indian clerics, might I add all, a few, not all, um, the vested political interest groups pounced on him. They, the left and the secular agenda infested victimhood politicians and theologians who branded the chief minister as a firebrand right-wing Hindu priest, only to degrade and derail him, went on their own firebrand onslaught. They considered themselves secular, multicultural, and the epiphany of the truth, the way, the life. They tried to throw it out indirectly, might I add, that the chief minister was trying to convert Muslims uh, into Hindus to the back door. If Muslims practice yoga, then they might cease to be Muslims, was the gist of the rhetoric. I was listening to the debates on YouTube, and the only thing that came out of my mouth was, you can't be serious. For a group of prostitutes who talk about unity and multiculturalism in a secular India, the backdoor fanaticism was an insult to, the, to my intellect. You see, why I now say that we Asians are, for the most part, are the real hypocrites, Yoga does not mean make you less human in any way. Only ignorant people of the world who have no knowledge, who choose not to enlighten themselves, see the negative in everything. Now, no one is forcing the citizens of the world to practice yoga, or say it is the only concept that is going to save the world. However, when a bunch of ignorant people parading as enlightened citizens and leaders of men try and belittle a man who is trying to find commonalities between the cultures of the, that unite the two extremes together, then one has to wonder. So how long have we come to a, uh, how low have we come to as a society? Everyone on the subcontinent are sons and daughters of our same ancestors. But yet you have people who do everything in their, in their power to divide us rather than unite us. And that, my dear friend, is the secular ecosystem, uh, or is the unsecular ecosystem, uh, as I like to call it, uh, everyone on the subcontinent um, are sons and daughters of the same ancestors. Um, there are some people parading as multicultural, multicultural and secular and liberal defenders of the divine. They are the same people who incite their congregations behind the scenes not to sing the country's national anthem, not to respect the country's national flag, not to mix with other communities. To give you the duality of the situation, there were many Muslims who came out and commanded the chief minister on his ability to join the customs of the two communities and stated there was nothing wrong in a Muslim doing yoga. But you will always have those perpetually depressed and agenda-infested individuals who will only see the negative in others as they are surrounded by negativity themselves. So hence, they need to divide us uh, with their identity politics to justify their ca and camouflage their status quo. Let me go back in time on this topic. The Islamic prayer format, called namaz, is not Islamic in its origins. It's Vedic. The word namaz is Persian. The Arabs call it salat or salah. Both words, that's namaz and salah, means worship or to divine... Um, uh, or, or divine or Allah through prayer. We use namaz on the Indian subcontinent as we were colonized by Persian Mughals. Namaz comes from Sanskrit word nama, namas, namas, from which we get namaste. Um, namaz or namas comes from the Sanskrit root namaha, meaning bow, adoration, appreciation. The word nama can be broken up into two words. Uh, na, meaning no, or negation, 
Ma meaning mine. It signifies the science behind the human that I'm, I do not belong to myself, but the creator, that is the sun, who controls and creates our powerful electromagnetic cosmos. Thus, every individual is an individual sequence of data or events that starts with our creator. Through the science of yoga, one's goal is to join the physical and the metaphysical, thereby to align yourselves with the cosmos in as in yagana, alignment. Once upon a time, the entire region of the Middle East, North Africa, Far East, being a Vedic zone, would have known the science. The Jews practiced it. The early Christians prayed that way. Everyone in the Arab world in ancient times used the style of worship. However, if you ask uh, where did the Arabs get their worship style from, well, the Middle East was not always desert. There was a civilization that existed on this land with lush green forests. The ancients of this land had the same knowledge of the universe and the cosmos as we did on the Indian subcontinent. The Egyptian pyramids are testimony of, to this. The knowledge of the duality of the, of the universe and the concept of yug to join was prevalent all over the region. This is evident from the paintings found in Egyptian pyramids. They would have practiced some form of yoga, whatever format or label they gave. Over a thousand years, they have passed by and many moons have lit up our, our skies. This knowledge of our cosmos was forgotten and the lush green forest turned to desert sand. It slowly disintegrated to the styles of worship in the Middle East today, which was then institutionalized and made into religion. The one in question being Islam and now institutionalized form of prayer called namaz or salat, either practices by all the Bedouins in the Arab world. So to come back full circle by showcasing certain common physical aspects between yoga and namaz, the chief minister of uh, Uttar Pradesh, Sri uh, Adityanath Yogi, um, statement of similarities and broader concept of unity was not far off. That Thanks to our planet's permanently depressed and victimhood vested in fair citizens, you don't see this, but now you see all the better. Now you know all the better. The mainstream media calls Chief Minister Adityanath Yogi a far-right firebrand politician. However, he's definitely the intelligent type of firebrand for having the courage to approach the subject. Um... A, year, a couple of years down and the politics have died down, I came to a new concept which was brought about uh, and, and created a new controversy, Islamic yoga. Okay, to be frank, I had no idea what to think when I came up with this concept. It, um, it took me a while to come back to planet Earth, let's just say. Um, and it's great that Muslims are doing yoga. In reality, Muslims have been doing yoga for a very long time. But it's only now come to light with the politicization of Islam and the media as in, in life as a whole. There are millions of Muslims in India who do yoga and are absolutely great at it. And there are plenty of Muslims who do better yoga than those are Hindus. I, for one, totally suck at the physical part of it. Let me tell you that. Um... So in order that the Islamic flock do not bridge the divide with congregations of the world, in order that they remain repressed and on their ideological plantation, their establishment has come up with Islamic yoga. 
I came across one article on the web saying that one Muslim group was practicing yoga even got a fatwa to clear them practicing the concept. It seems every day they breed, they they have to get a fatwa clearance and from their Bedouin masters. Talk about the slavery at its best. So many Muslims do physical exercise but keep out the religious and spiritual part of it, whatever that means. It seems they, that they, like many others, believe that yoga is a religious practice. It is not. Again, let me stay straightforward, it's a science. Many substitute the Vedic terminology and mantras with Islamic vocabulary. Uh, that will never work though, so whoever is doing it, you're wasting your time. It's okay to begin with and get a feel for the concept to what, what you are comfortable with. No harm done as long as it's in the short term. Uh, the reason why one uses Sanskrit words and mantras in, is that Sanskrit is an algorithmic language. Uh, the duality of the meter or scale and the rhythm with which it's spoken matches the electromagnetic body. A mantra is a combination of syllables um, with magnetic reson resonance. Um, It is hence necessary a tool to practice the art of uniting the physical and the metaphysical of body and mind. If the Vedic chanting and mantras are removed, one might as well listen to heavy metal music. Um, it would mean the same. Sanskrit and the Vedas go together. Also, yoga is about uniting our history and journey that our physical body has taken through the many cycles of life and understanding the metaphysical sequence behind it. Your, your journey in life is, um, is already embedded in your DNA and your psychic. Thus, you mind, your mind already knows a relation to yoga and its Vedic Sanskrit roots. Separate the two and deny the source and you will not unite uh, but be disconnected. Result: turbulence and conflict, which will exactly, which is exactly what we have in the Middle East for a very long time. It's the absolute opposite result that you will procure. That's when people, thus people, will take out their frustration and say it's yoga is useless. Hence, negating its roots is therefore not advised. Whatever you do, my friends, remember you are not going to get straight yoga straight from the get-go. One takes time to understand its concept, its mentality, its ethics, uh, to take time to do not hesitate to ask any questions. So take your time, do not hesitate to ask any questions. Uh, nothing you do will ever make you racist, white, privileged, supremacist, xenophobic, uncultural. Adjustment and realignment is part of the journey of uniting and joining the broken ends of the sequence together. Indians are more happy than non-Indians are more than happy that non-Indians choose to practice yoga in whatever form. So happy yoga to everyone. Do not forget to enjoy yourself. Remember, if you're reading, um, if you are listening to this podcast, you're already starting to practice yoga because you're practicing Ganya yoga. So that, my dear friends, was my little write-up on, on yoga. I hope you understood. It's very, very simple. It's beautiful. It starts with knowledge. Um, singing, uh, bhajans, externalizing your, your voice, karma yoga, which is also selfless activity, and then the physical activity, hatha yoga. So I hope I've, I've given you some knowledge on this chapter. Um, I thank you so much for your time, for joining in. Please do share my podcast and speak with people, at least five people every uh, for every podcast that you listen to uh, or you like uh, or dated uh, um 
topics that interest you, at least five people, ask them to 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 um, to do it for five people, and the next and the next. So that way we can we can uh, resurrect ourselves on the Indian subcontinent and find our peace and heal. That's the most important thing. No violence, healing. So thank you for your time. I'll, I will let you go, and I hope you have a great day ahead.